Hello and welcome to another episode of the Awakening Bodies Podcast. Today's conversation, I'm going solo as I share my experience that I had the privilege of going through with a group of nine men as we were celebrating a friend's commitment to his soon-to-be wife. This was a trip that within five days, we were challenged in big ways, as you'll hear throughout the conversation. Uh, Most importantly, left me with some really good takeaways and some insights that are allowing me to move forward in my day-to-day with some new shoes and new perspectives and allowing me to step fully into my being. That being said, I'm excited to share this conversation with you. Thank you for being here. Now let's dive in. All right, so... This is going to be fun because I'm going to be sharing my journey that I experienced as I was in Colorado, in Wyoming, not Colorado, in Wyoming with a group of nine friends. We were celebrating commitment. Um, People were asking me, why are you doing out here right now? It's the summertime. Beautiful time, by the way, to be out in the Midwest. Never experienced the mountains on the West Coast in the summer. Truly took my breath away. Truly took my breath away. And I tell them, I'm here for a bachelor party. However, when I realized that, their response was like, what are you doing out here for a bachelor party? I came to realization that the bachelor celebration that we were going through is not what the typical bachelor party is like for the majority of people. So I want to start here. I want to ask you, what does a bachelor party to you mean? Because for us, for us, this bachelor celebration, this celebration of commitment, it meant we're coming together as a group of men to support each other, to be there for one another, celebrating one man in specific as he committed and has made the choice to spend the rest of his life with his sweetheart, the love of his life. And in that, that brings a lot because, again, in the society that we're in, I mean, I know that the typical bachelor party doesn't include or includes things that are typically not involved with woods and communing with other men and time in solitude. Um, In fact, it's typically a lot of distraction, a lot of things that not necessarily drive to an enforcement of commitment. So this was really special for me. This was um, the first uh, celebration of commitment that I've stepped into in the frame that I'm in, and also with the group of humans that I was with. Again, nine men, uh, two people were brand new that I never met before. The rest were people that I've been, oh no, excuse me, one person never met before, one person I've met as an acquaintance over time, and then the rest were super tight, really close friends, people that I've spent time with already, and I knew that it was gonna be really special, really rich, full of meaningful substance, deep conversations, and most importantly for me, these group of men have a deep root in God. They have a deep sense of faith and trust. Um, and they're also all entrepreneurs or entrepreneurial. And in that, having this mixture between someone that's a self-starter, building a business, or is entrepreneurial, um, whether it's in sales or something of the sort, and then combining that with faith, that for me has shown to be one of the most powerful formulas uh, in the world today. Again, specifically for men. So... As we go through throughout this conversation today, I'm going to be very open. You're going to hear some stuff that I'm going to be vulnerable with. My intent with this is, as always, is to bring a conversation that's going to be of meaningful uh, experience to you um, and ideally that, that you can walk away with something. One of the key things that life has taught me is that if I'm not taking the time to reflect upon the experiences that I go through, those fruits, the insights, the takeaways, the blessings, the grails, that I could walk away from experiences with are very easy to forget. Jim Rohn taught me, if I don't reflect, the memories are going to be forgotten. 
if I leave lessons to be remembered just through memory, I'm going to miss out on a lot. So an invitation to you moving forward, which is where this conversation is stemming from, is taking up the practice of reflection, taking up the time of as you go through some sort of experience, doesn't have to be anything huge. It could be something, quote unquote, small, minor. Uh, you take the time to actually reflect upon the experience. This has been a practice that now for close to a decade, if I'd say about 90% of the past 10 years, every single day has included some sort of reflection, some sort of written word reflection. I literally have boxes of notebooks right now that include takeaways from the past 10 years of my life. And I'll tell you, there's been times when I've been really challenged and I've been really in the, in, in the dirt, in the mud, down in a valley, and I open up a notebook and I start reading some of the things that I've opened up to myself on, some of the realizations, some of the openings, and the encouragement that I get from realizing that, wow, I've actually overcame a lot of challenges already in the past. This is just another one of those. Now, I realize and I remember, remember, re-embody the idea that I can actually keep moving forward. Because isn't it interesting that when we're going through challenging experiences, it's almost like life comes to an end. We come across a breakdown that seems larger than our purpose. And at that point in time, we may find ourselves wondering, is it worth me moving forward? Should I keep trying? To have the ability to look back upon those moments where you've already experienced a breakdown and then also cause a breakthrough gives a sense of realization that you have the power within you to keep moving forward. There is a deep yearning for you to keep expanding. And this is where today's conversation is coming from, this sense of reflecting. After we came back from the trip, um, one of our close friends, Graham, Graham is a phenomenal coach, close friend. Uh, we were having a lot of deep conversation during the trip and also following the trip. And one of the conversations that emerged was the idea of integrating. And integrating and reflecting, for me, go very much hand in hand. Because the more that I reflect upon an experience, the more I'm able to integrate the journey. With this, I mean, if I'm taking time to look back upon uh, a challenge that I went through in my life, it's going to give me the space to be able to take a look at that same challenge from different perspectives. And as I take a look at the challenge through from different perspectives, it gives me the opportunity to now integrate the different perspectives. Meaning, I am not leaving behind things that I may not necessarily like, meaning I'm not compartmentalizing experiences that may not be comfortable. No, integrating means that you're taking from the past those things that you may have not liked and the things that you really did enjoy and you're bringing them into the present so you can be whole and complete. This is one of the key things when it comes to us as humans. We experience something challenging. The first thing we do is put it to the side. We pick up the proverbial rug and put it underneath thinking that it's going to be disappeared, that it's been disappeared. In reality, it hasn't. It's there. And then you fast forward. Years go by. Something happens similar to what you put under the rug. rug. Next thing you know, you're now in fight or flight. The idea of integrating an experience is for you to be fully present with that. You're, in the symbolic sense, sitting down with the devil and you're having the conversations that you may not necessarily want to have because it's in those experiences that you're going to get a deeper sense of understanding as to who you are, what you're about, and again, that true power, the true essence that lives within you. After we came back from the trip, we started to integrate. 
Uh, and the integration came from a set of three questions. These questions were uh, prompted by Graham, so all, all credit to him. And I'll share his, uh, his contact info or ways in which you can reach to him through the show notes. And the three questions, really, again, the, the, the idea of integrating is these questions are going to challenge uh, you if you take them on like they did for me. And this is good because, again, it's in these challenges that we start to experience the depth of who we are. and We start to really tap into our true essence. Now, to give you guys an idea, the trip spanned from Sunday to Thursday, some of them to Friday. Uh, it started out with good time on, on Sunday night as we arrived, ate some dinner. It was like the welcome, quote unquote. Following day, went on an 18-mile hike, which was absolutely one of the most challenging experiences that I've ever been through. It was remote. We drove three and a half hours to get to the actual location to then hike seven miles one way, which actually turned out to be eight miles and then eight miles back. This, this was, again, one of the most whew, mentally fortifying, mentally challenging experiences that, that I've ever been through. My body uh, was pushed to its limits in ways in which I've never experienced before. And the camaraderie that stemmed from this was absolutely one that will forever live in my heart. We got to see a beautiful waterfall, which was the, the, the destination that the hike led to. This was one of the most incredible waterfalls I've ever seen in my life. The sheer power of this thing as I was standing at the bottom um, was close to knocking me down at times. The, the force of it was so powerful that you just, I just felt it going through me. Now, mind you, I'm 5'5", five 135 pounds. So it's like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Take that with a grain of salt. But regardless, really, really beautiful experience. And now uh, on that hike also, we experienced the... Um, <laughs> I guess the sense that ignorance sometimes is bliss. We, at one point throughout the journey, were hearing what sounded to be dogs barking. And we were quite, we were really puzzled by it because we hadn't seen anybody. Uh, there was no dogs in sight, none of that. Only to find out that night after we got back, after doing some research, that actually grizzly bears, when agitated, make barking sounds like dogs. <laughs> if we had known that in the actual moment of hearing the barking, I don't know what we would have done. At that point, this is the same time when some of the trees were now visibly marked by bears, scratch marks easily 15 to 20 feet high on trees, not human made and nothing but a big animal could have done this. And then obviously the residue, the waste of the animals was able to be seen, the poop. So we knew they were around. We felt it. There was an area where we walked into. It was a it was a campground, and it was just eerie. There was ooh, there was not a deep, not a dark energy. There was just an energy there that we knew we were in someone else's space. This was not our territory. This was something or someone else's, and um, it was definitely the grizzly bears. So that was day one. On the way back, one of the most uh, again. Now here we were. It was a total of about seven and a half hours. So the way back, you could just imagine after three and a half hours in, hanging out, and then three and a half hours out, uh, what, it, what it must have been like. The mountain, elevation, the terrain, the heat, everything, again, prompted us growth, 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 growth. The, that journey, that hike, was the epitome of commitment. That was one of the things that 
going through, and by the way, these are not the questions. These are just giving you a framework and ideas to what the trip was like. And this was definitely an experience that needs to be heard because it was one that will forever uh, shape my character. And it's one that I think could be fun to listen to as, uh, as time goes on. But the, the, the commitment that it required for us to take a seven and a half hour hike, 18 miles, was deep. There was no way that halfway through we were going to give up. There was no way that as our bodies wanted to stop that we would. We could. However, we also ran the risk of it being dark. And then at that point in time, you could imagine in the middle of Yellowstone National Fort National Park, hmm, there's some animals that we definitely don't want to be uh, in the open at night, at least for me. I don't know what I'm doing in the wilderness. So maybe somebody that does is okay with that for me. Not the case. <laughs> so it was, it was commitment to the fullest. And we're talking about this because our minds wanted to stop. Our bodies wanted to stop. We were in this space of we were tired. At one point, we started to run out of, out of water. This is now, though, we were about the, it was like the last mile in. So luckily, we prepared ourselves with snacks and food enough. Now, but towards the end, we were like, oh, my gosh, we, we can't stop. We need to keep going. And as we were walking, one thing kept coming up for me, and is this is commitment right here. We're here to celebrate commitment, and this is the perfect example of commitment. There's no way that if we stop now, this is going to work for us moving forward. And again, for me, as, as someone that walks through life in a sense of intentionality with everything that I do, I started to explore that sense of commitment then and what it looks like in life. I've been married to Laura now for two years, coming on three in September, and that was very real in my marriage because there's times when things are getting uncomfortable. I may want to quote unquote stop. I may want to do something different, but a commitment looks like you doing or me doing the things that I committed to doing long after the actual emotions of when I made the commitment fade. And in my journey so far of life, there's been a few things that I fully committed to. Marriage has absolutely been one of them. And it's showed up in many ways in which I'm being tested. How much am I actually committed to this relationship? Now, this is a beautiful thing for me to, to go through. And the hike was, again, a great reminder of this because as we were coming to the waterfall, for example, as we started to see the magnitude and the magnificent and magnificence and the beauty of this thing is like, oh, this is why we just took that hike. As we were going on the way back, as I sat down in the car, my feet finally rested, took my shoes off, and my, 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 my feet were able to breathe. It's like, oh, this is why we just took that hike back. There is always going to be a reward at the end of some sort of challenge. There's always going to be a fruit at, from, your, from your toil, from your, from your turbulence. So it's beautiful because, again, in life, we're going to be challenged. But anyways, that's day one. That's the, the hike. Day two, we did an awesome um, UTV ride through the mountains. That was also super cool. One of the UTV's uh, tires popped. Um, it was about seven cars in total. And um, some of us got separated. Uh, that was really cool, though, because we started to explore the mountain separated. And then at one point, we all came back together just by sheer quote-unquote coincidence. And we're able to finish that up together, which was really cool. Ended up grabbing some dinner. Uh, with the group at night and uh, hit the town for just checking out what it was all about. Went to this cowboy bar, which was really, really cool. If you're ever in Jackson, Wyoming, really beautiful town, really small spot, but really beautiful. 
day three, Wednesday, we do another hike. This was much shorter. Our bodies could not handle a long-term hike. This was about three miles total, so about a mile and a, and a half in, a mile and a half out. Um, also through, this wasn't Yellowstone National Park, but it was one of the national one of the, the national parks in, in Jackson. I forgot the name of it. That was also really beautiful. Uh, the, the animals were also very present, not as much as the first day. And we ended up spending some time at the lake, which was touching for me because at one point as I'm looking through the mountains, it was this sheer presence and essence of my father that just shone through my heart as I was looking at these mountains with the sun shining through. It was a very deep, intimate experience that I had. And even as I speak about it now, my heart uh, opens up uh, because I unfortunately lost my father's chain that day. However, now I'm appreciative of it because my father loved nature. It was one of his favorite things to be in. And now he has the opportunity to be in this beautiful place as the sun shines through these beautiful mountains on a day-to-day basis. Then headed home, headed home. But it, this, this introduction of what the trip was like is to really open up now the questions. Now you have an idea as to what the trip is all about. Again, all of these men are powerful human beings. All of these men are doing something big in life. They're exploring themselves in deeper ways. They're living intentionally. They are individuals who are not afraid to take on a challenge, hence the 18-mile hike. And these are human beings that I will forever role model, look up, look up to, and appreciate for their friendship. So let's get to the questions because that's the meat and potatoes of the conversation today. So question number one, and again, credit to Graham. Thank you for these questions, my brother. It was great for us to be a, have something to hunker into. Question number one, what was the biggest takeaway or point of inspiration I had from the strip that I'm taking home with me? And why is it important for me moving forward? As I started to sit with this question, the first response was, okay, obviously the 18-mile hike. But that was too easy of an answer. The 18-mile hike will forever be something that will be in my heart but there's something deeper for me. There was some, and, I, and I felt it. I didn't know what it was. I sat with the question. I sat with my body and I started to explore what is the f- true uh, point of inspiration for me on this trip. And it was day two or night number two. We're eating dinner. Uh, this is the, the, the only time that uh, we all went out to town to eat dinner together. We all, we all ate dinner together at home, but this is the first time that we all went out to town uh, for dinner together. And the point of inspiration was I'm sitting in the restaurant and we're about, it's about five minutes into, into us sitting down and I'm looking around, I'm hit by this realization. I'm hit by this realization that I'm sitting around a group of men that are big, doing big things in life. Yes, they're also literally big. I am the shortest one in the group. That is no surprise. But <laughs> these group of men are, are up to something. They're up to something big. They're up to something big, not just in their professional lives, but also in their spiritual realms. They're diving deep into who they are. They're exploring a deeper connection to God in their own way. And they're they're living a life of, again, intentionality, which is not common. Now, why this was a point of inspiration for me is because I it brought me back and it was so visceral for me. It brought me back to a time when I was busing tables in New Jersey at a restaurant called Artisans. I was busing a table uh, or, or a party, I should say, of about 15, 16 people. I remember like it was yesterday. It was me and my, my, my coworker, Rich, and his sister, Teresa, who was the actual waiter. And this is how real it was for me. I'm, I'm looking at this party, and there were a, a, a young group of, of people, older than what, than what I was at the time, but there was, it was a, gr- a young group of, of men and women. I would say, if I were to guess, typic- uh, uh, somewhere around late 20s, early 30s. 
And I remember so clearly looking at this awesome party and thinking, man, I want to have a friend group like this. They just seemed like they had this deep connection. It was intimate. It was real. It was authentic. The conversations that they were having, they weren't just shallow conversations. This group of friends, I could tell from just being in the space with them that they had gone through some challenges together. They had experienced some victories together. And through it all, their friendship had deepened. And I remember clearly, again, I remember thinking, this is the kind of group of people that I want to be around. And at the time, early teens, maybe like 17, 18 years old, I don't know, around there, I didn't have that depth yet. I didn't, at least to the extent that I saw this example from friends. And as I'm sitting down the first five minutes, I'm brought back to that day. And I'm brought back to, to, to busting this table, busting this party and thinking, having this idea. And I had just a really, really powerful anchor going to my heart. And it was like, oh, Sebastian, this is what you were asking for that day. You've literally created the group of friends that you asked for years and years ago. And as I took a step back and I really appreciated that moment. It brought me to another realization, which is again, a point of inspiration. And it's that I would have not been around that table had I not gotten myself uncomfortable over and over again. I wouldn't have been at that table if I hadn't allowed myself to experience failures time and time again. I wouldn't have sat at that table And I wouldn't have found myself at that table with, again, these powerful group of men if I had not allowed myself to not look good, to allow myself to make a fool out of myself from time to time, many times more than others. (laughs) And it's this this moment is at that moment when I actually I actually ask for everyone's attention and I share this with them because it was a really big moment for me. And as I reflected upon that moment, again, days later now, at home, doing the integration work, it brought me back to how many times I've experienced something that I wanted to experience, yet I hadn't actually gotten the full juice out of it. And the juice out of it for me with this specific question of point of inspiration and what was the second part of that question? And what am I taking away? And why is it important for me moving forward? Is that when I don't, want to do something that I know is in alignment with my mission, with my purpose, that's where commitment shows up. That's where I must continue to commit regardless of what I'm feeling, because that's what I gave my word to. If it wasn't for me allowing myself to look silly, to have failed, to experience challenges, I don't know if I would have found myself at that table. And even if I did find myself at that table, how would I have shown up to that table? Maybe not in full presence, Maybe I wouldn't have been able to experience that sense of connection to all of these men. And moving forward, as I, again, come across uh, a a task or maybe there's something that I must do, but I don't quote unquote feel like doing. That's where I can honor those experiences and honor the emotions and acknowledge myself where I'm at. However, the commitment that I've made is much more important than my feelings. Because the feelings that we go through, the emotions that we go through, they're like the wind. Maybe you've experienced it in the past where a song comes on that brings you a high sense of excitement and it's like, oh, I love this song. 
only for the following song to bring you down memory lane and have you experience a sense of melancholy and sadness like you've never before. So emotions, they're, they're powerful because we're emotional beings. That is what makes us humans so powerful, our emotions. However, we are not, we have the, the, the ability to choose to not be led by emotions. We have the ability to choose always, time and time again. Again, that's what makes us humans so different. Even when it's winter, we don't have to fly south. <laughs> we get to choose. And as I was sitting again at this table, I was like, hmm, my choice, my choice to allow myself to, to, to be challenged, to fail, to experience um, defeats has allowed me to be here. So it's a really powerful experience. Question number two. Question number two. How did I change on this trip and what opened up within me that was previously closed and why? This is another one that, again, these questions are not easy. They're, they're, they're really digging deep. For me, what opened up on this trip is the realization of how quickly, when I'm with men specifically, and this is what, this is what uh, I'm still exploring because I find it really interesting. When I'm with men specifically, I turn within really easily. And turning within is not, is, is not a quote-unquote bad thing. It's the isolation that follows through upon that if I continue to turn within by isolating myself. It's the idea that I'm now taking myself out of the wolf pack and I'm now going into the lone wolf pattern. Now, for those that may have never done any sort of men's work, um, there's this idea that uh, the lone wolf never survives. And if you take a look at nature, if a wolf separates from the pack, that wolf will not survive very long. They need the pack to survive. As I was, as I was asking myself this question as to what opened up for me and what did I realize it was the realization of how quickly I would, again, go in and maybe I would tune out um, exactly for what reason or why I was doing so. I'm still discovering it. I get the sense that there's a sense of discomfort around men that I'm still experiencing. I get the sense that there's something around being a, a group of men that puts me out of my comfort zone that has me be challenged, which, man, again, these are not typical men which makes perfect sense for me to be challenged in this way. And for me to, my first original pattern is to turn within and isolate, go the lone wolf. Now, this for me is, is really, really interesting to experience because I've been doing a lot of work on myself. And for me, I grew up in a household with mostly women. Uh, my father, when I was about seven, eight years old, went and lived with a friend of his. I still used to see him. However, my mom, my aunt, uh, my cousin, uh, a lot of women. And with, with this experience now, 32 years old and growing into a big leader in, in many different factors of life, this is an area that I can still see is still in need of, of growth, of, of focus, of exploring. So that was really cool. That was really cool. And moving forward, what this is now opening up for me um, is, is the realization that when I'm around, especially when I'm around men, to start to be present to when I start to isolate, when I start to now go the lone wolf. And again, it doesn't necessarily mean that I physically walk away. No, it may mean that I turn within and I'm no longer present in the conversation. Um, I don't share myself openly um, as I typically would. Um, and all of this, again, if, if there's a sense of self-expression being blocked, there's typically something in the way there. There's something there to explore. Doesn't mean there's anything wrong. It could just be an opportunity for growth in one area or another. 
So for me, moving forward, taking a look at that whenever I'm specifically with men is to be mindful for what's going on in my experience. When I start to go within and isolate, go the lone wolf, what am I feeling? What are the actual visceral sensations that my body is going through? From there, what are my thoughts? What kind of story is now running through my mind? Am I now making myself smaller than these men? Am I now comparing my, uh, myself to them and questioning if I should be here? Which is something that is uh, showing up around this area. There is some of that comparison that comes into the picture. There's this idea of like, do I even belong here? Why should, why do I belong here? Again, questions that I don't have the answers to, but questions that I'm sharing authentically because this is right now where I'm at. And maybe as a man right now that's listening, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to be open. It's okay to explore. It's okay to question. It's okay to ask. This is why, again, back to how we started the conversation, to take the time to reflect upon your day-to-day is going to give a massive power of tools for you. It's going to equip you with realizations that you may not have had before. Now, as I come across this realization um, and I make this new this new commitment to myself, there's going to be some areas that will need some shifting, again, especially when I'm with men, and I'm open to exploring that. Within that, I don't have to know what it's going to look like. I don't have to have the answers as to what I'm going to do, as to what I'm going to say. No, I can just trust that when I'm going through that moment of isolation, I can then be present, not distract myself, whether it's with um, alcohol or or cell phone or even conversations sometimes that like I use as a way to distract. I don't have to do any of that. I can be present with what is, acknowledge what I'm going through, appreciate the journey that I'm going through, and from there, I can then move forward. Not having to have the answers. Let's move on. Question number three. What was one obstacle or challenge I overcame and why is it significant for me? Hmm. So again, (laughs) another question. It's like, dang, what was an obstacle or a challenge that I overcame and why it's significant to me? As I started to explore this this question, uh, what I realized was that There were mornings and there were days and there were times throughout the trip when I would catch myself with this like angst because I wasn't doing something or I wasn't doing something that was quote unquote growing me in some sort of way. It was this idea that if I'm not using every single minute to the best of its ability to grow and to expand and to develop, then I'm wasting time. And even as I'm saying that, I remember so vividly having conversations about this with myself and with others around how it's important to use every single minute of your day as useful as possible. However, what I'm learning and I'm getting is that sometimes the best thing to do is not to do anything. The best thing to do is to be with where I'm at. This points back with question number two. Instead of me doing something like having a conversation to distract me, Let me sit with that. Let me explore that. This obstacle of having to do something, especially as a man, is very common. And for me, I'm realizing how even though I've done the work and I'm continuing to do the work, this is still something for me to dive deeper into and to continue to transform and develop out of. For me to explore, what would it look like if I were to focus on my presence over my actions first? Because look, we as humans are very quick we're very quick to identify ourselves with the results that we have. We're very quick to identify our success with the, the things that we do. We're very quick to have a title become the identity of who we are. 
And again, as men, we are not that. As women, we are not that. The possessions that we hold, the things that we have, those are just things. They don't make you any more or any less. If you think otherwise, that's perfectly cool with me. I've personally experienced life in many, ops, in, in, many, in many ways where I've realized that the numbers on the bank account don't necessarily make me successful. The fact that I'm doing something that um, is of high value for society doesn't necessarily mean I'm fulfilled. I've succeeded and felt empty many times. This is why for me it's now much more important to experience a sense of fulfillment over achievement. And when I say achievement, I don't necessarily mean that, that that sense of joy that you get from the achievement. I get uh, what I mean is just doing the thing for the sake of doing the thing. As a high performance coach, I've been there before. Do the thing, do the thing, do the thing. Only to realize that after I do the thing again, who was I being was completely not in line with who I wanted to be. <laughs> it's like riddles here. The idea with this is, is as me, as I move it through life, I don't have to have my sense of security, for example, which is another lesson that I'm going through. And I will talk about this as it integrates further. My sense of security does not come from money. One of my coaches, Yaya Bakar, is supporting me right now and seeing this for myself. How much of my security has come from a number on a bank account? It doesn't exist. That number that you see is not even real. You can't even go to the bank and, pay and, and get that money. It's digital. <laughs> so for me, here I am. I'm, I'm tying my security and my peace of mind and my power and my freedom to this thing on a digital screen. It's not real. Now, that's not to say that I'm not taking the actions to continue to expand my financial literacy and financial wealth. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that me as an individual, me as the, 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 the human, the energy known as Sebastian, his joy, his fulfillment does not come from the external. It does not come from the possessions that I have. And as I started to continue to, to ask myself this question as to what was the obstacle that I overcame, and I started to see, again, this idea that I would catch myself wanting to do, 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 I was actually missing where I was at. I was missing the fact that I was in the beautiful mountains in Wyoming overlooking this beautiful landscape. And as I started to get present to this more and more and more, it started to bring a new sense of peace for me. And now being back in Florida, it's very easy to forget that. Because I'm no longer looking at the vastness of the mountains. I'm now looking at the vastness of the streets. And I'm looking at the people around me who are driving these high luxury cars or people that are within my circle that are achieving high levels of success. Again, nothing wrong with it. Just realizing for myself that those things are beautiful to have and those things are part of my goal. However, that is not what makes me me. My identity is much bigger than that. Who I am as a human being is much bigger than that. I am not my actions. I am not my possessions. And this is important moving forward because, again, as I am now moving forward in my professional career with new space for myself and as I'm, I'm exploring different avenues of growth personally, professionally, emotionally, spiritually, financially, to be mindful of how much am I allowing myself to get back into that paradigm and to get back into that persona and identity of my possessions, my actions, 
being what defines me. Who I am is not that. Who I am gives actions, give, give, gives access to that. Because look, a lot of people, and again, this for me became very clear years ago, and it's continuing to supplement itself. It's continuing to solidify itself. And it's this idea that we get caught up in doing, 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 having, 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 yet we forget who we are. You can have a lot of money in the bank account. And you can still be poor. You can have the most fit body and you can still not be healthy. So moving forward, it's, it, it's a powerful reminder. And again, these, these are questions that I'm, that I'm vulnerably sharing with you because they're, they're experiences that I truthfully believe will have an impact in my life. Um, and in a somewhat selfish way, I want to go back to this episode, listen to it two to three years from now and see where I'm at. Because I'm sure by then, if I haven't changed, then I may be doing something that's not working. But I get the sense that I will. And for you to get something out of it, for you to experience that, maybe just maybe the ideal reflection on a daily basis, or at least when you're going through some big experiences of life, whether it's one that is brought forth by tragedy, whether it's one that is brought forth by victory, that experience once reflected upon and consciously taken on with a sense of intentionality will bring a whole new level of experience moving forward. Not just in the moment of, but also years down the road. Maybe you write something down today and you read upon it in five years and you say, whoa, I completely forgot about that. Better yet, 15, 20 years down the road, your children are reading these, these, these lessons and these insights. And now your experiences are now able to support them and help them. Not only that, they're able to see your story. They're able to understand where you've been through. They, 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 they can put themselves as if they, they were living the day to day. I literally have the journey of the mountain written down and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but if it does, it'll be cool for my children to read that story <laughs> and to hear what it was like to be walking up a hill and to feel the pressure of the heat and the pressure of my body rising to my head as I felt my head turn red. And as I knew that I needed water, but water was starting to run low, so I couldn't do so. I could only breathe and I could thank God for the opportunity to still be experiencing these challenges. And I could still look 10 feet ahead and realize that in 10 feet, there's that big boulder in the shadow that I'll be able to get under and I can actually take a breath and sit and put my stuff down and recalibrate. That story lives written down somewhere. And again, that's the power of reflection. That's the power of taking the time to go through what you went through and remember it and remember it on paper and put down ideas and lessons and insights, takeaways, victories, defeats that you went through. Over the long term, that'll make a massive difference in your life. You'll experience a whole new sense of you. You'll be able to share that sense of you with others. And at the end of the day, you'll be transforming who you also are, becoming the person that you're here to be. So I'll give you the questions really quick as we finish off. Number one, what was the biggest takeaway or point of inspiration I had from this trip that I'm taking home with me? And why is it important for me moving forward? Number one, number two. How did I change on this trip and what opened up within me that was previously closed and why? And question number three, what was an obstacle or challenge I overcame and why is it significant to me? These questions were again prompted by Graham Lichter. I will tag him in the show notes below. Reflecting questions are, you can really play with them however you want. There's no right or wrong way about it. That's the beautiful part. This is your journey. You get to create it and experience it in your own way, however you choose to. Come up with your own. Maybe you take those and you expand upon them. 
maybe you've seen some of the reflecting questions that I put up on my story and through my Instagram and through my Facebook posts and through the blogs. If you haven't, maybe you can go check them out. This is for you to explore for yourself in your own way. Your life is your life. Your journey is for you to actually go through. And as you do so intentionally, you're going to be able to expand upon it. Thank you for listening. Really glad that I got to share this space with you. I look forward to hearing some of your comments and some of your, um, I guess, what you get away from this. If anything shows up that you'd like to share, comment down below. Um, give us a review if that also uh, feels aligned with you. We're really excited as the, as the podcast keeps growing, as we start to bring on guests on board, as we start to really uh, do the, the mission and really have this this mission come to fruition. We're really excited to share it with you and you are a part of it. So thank you for contributing by being here. If you'd like to contribute further, there's opportunities to do so. Um, you can do so by donating um, something. If that feels in line, you can contribute by sharing the episode with somebody else. You can contribute by leaving a, a comment, a review, and letting us know what you think. So thank you for listening. Look forward to seeing you soon. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to follow, like, and subscribe to stay updated on future episodes. And we would love to know how you enjoyed today's episode by leaving us a review. We look forward to continuing this journey of self-discovery and connection with you. And we'll see you on the next episode. Much love.